Hey there, future fans! This week, we visit the land of Halloween, but no Jack Skellington, and we visit the Bronx, complete with gentrification. This is the week of October 23rd, 2020, and this is episode 186 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that's right episode 186 and we have a better round of movies this week than we did last week i I was not pleased with last week's movies uh those films if you haven't listened to the episode already uh do so but as a reminder those movies were the 2019 child's play and hubie halloween this week we had a better lineup we had halloween town on disney plus and vampires versus the bronx on netflix So our second Netflix original movie that's uh, spooky or Halloween themed. So yay, they can make it up to us for making us watch Hubie Halloween. Because they definitely did. They made us. They sat me down and and held my eyes open and and said, watch this. Watch Adam Sandler be a goofy ass. But I digress. Let us talk about this show and what it is we do here. As a lot of you know, normally the show is a little different. We talk about all the movies coming out during the week. That is the ones that will hit theaters. But seeing as theaters are not open, well, some of them are, but one of the biggest chains had to shut down, and also not a lot of films actually coming out, we put that idea on hold, and instead what we're doing is each week, on top of talking about any new news and any new movies that have, or any new news and any new trailers that have caught my eye, we are now watching two movies that are available on streaming, and then I talk about those. And then, as always, we jump into the question of the week, and then I send you along your way to listen to the brand new episode of nerds of the squared circle they are back uh, for at least one episode and you all should listen to that show tweet about that show talk about that show so those motherfuckers decide to come back on a regular basis at least bi-weekly i understand why you don't want to do it weekly you know chris has a family critter has another show he does and they're both adults with jobs i can understand why you don't want to do it weekly In fact, I've been giving a lot of thought to going back to bi-weekly just because with the show in its current form, it's not as important that I release every week. But that's a conversation for later. For now, remember, go and listen to the new episode of Somewhat Nerdy Radio where they talk about their 13 days of Halloween and give you some good movie recommendations to watch. And I don't care what the they say you should take the meet the feebles challenge if you have not done that yet so i i guess i'm taking this over from them i now challenge you to meet the feebles if you if you want to take this challenge you watch this old movie called meet the feebles and then you tell me what you think and if you're like most people you then curse me for making you watch it but um but do it it's awful All right, my future friends, without further ado, let us jump into our first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. 
All right, my future friends, this first story comes to us from Deadline. Fast and the Furious will end after two more films. Both films have already signed Justin Lin to direct. Justin Lin has directed more Fast and Furious films than anyone else. He was a director for Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, for Fast and Furious, which is the fourth one, uh, Fast Five, which obviously the five, fifth, fifth one, <laughs> which is obviously the fifth one, Fast and Furious 6, then he took a break to do Star Trek Beyond, True Detective, things like that. And F9 is the latest one he's doing. And now we're going to get two more movies. So the series, the main core series, ends with Eleven. Now, as for the spinoffs, we don't know. We have the spinoff Hobbs and Shaw, rumored to get a sequel. And who knows what other spinoffs are going to do. But we do know that everyone who is currently alive, as in both in real life and the characters, will be coming back to reprise their roles. That includes Vin Diesel, Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Chris Bridges, uh, Nathalie Emmanuel, and Sung Kang. Because as the trailer for F9 has spoiled for us, guess who's not dead? Guess who might get his justice? Han. My future friends, this next story comes to us from The Wrap. Apparently, there's going to be another Power Rangers reboot that's going to encompass both film and television. So now the question is, about the television at least, is will they still keep doing the Japanese ones that we bring over here, throw in American actors, because Power Rangers is in its 23rd season, I think? 28th season called Power Rangers Dino Fury. That is a current show going on. So I really doubt that this show that has gone on for so long, for so very long, since 1993, is just going to stop what they're doing because some American company wants to reboot it. I think they have a good thing going. Kids love it. Kids love Power Rangers. I love the Power Rangers, but I never watched any of the ones like... Uh, Turbo, uh, Rescue, Time Force, SPD, Mystic Force, RPM, Mega Force, Super Samurai, and Ninja Steel. So that's the question we now have. Is is this new reboot movie and TV, is it going to be its own thing? Is it going to be like a, oh, Netflix or Hulu original or CW original or something, while we still have these other Power Rangers shows coming out? The bad news is that they are completely Ignoring the 2017 Power Rangers, which I liked quite a bit. Of course, that was the movie with uh, Billy from Stranger Things as the Red Ranger, Naomi Scott as the Pink Ranger, and uh, anyone else big? Becky G, is she someone people know? Uh, she was the Yellow Ranger. And Elizabeth Banks as uh, Rita Rapunzel. Rapunzel, Repulsa. <laughs> she has very long hair. No, Rita Repulsa. All right, my future friends. This next story comes to us from Forbes. I've been getting more and more stories from Forbes. Who knew they were... Uh, such big movie people. Anyway, this question they ask is, what is the scariest movie ever? Well, apparently there is now an answer to that question because, uh, who are these people called? Broadband Choices, a comparison tool for broadband deals, might just have an answer to that question, the article says. The platform performed what is calling the Science of Scare Project during which they tracked the heart rates of 50 people of a variety of ages who watched over 100 hours of scary movies. After all of the tracking, Broadband Choices narrowed down a list of what it scientifically believes to be the 35 scariest movies ever made. That was a direct quote from the article. James Wan has been dubbed the king of horror by Broadband Choices as Wan was the 
was at the helm of three different scary movies that ranked in the top 10. Modern horror movies performed much better than classics, while movies like The Exorcist, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be considered better horror movies, they didn't scare study participants nearly as much as modern flicks did. Audition was dubbed the scariest foreign film. And to give you the top 10, going down from going from 10 all the way up to 1, at 10 we have The Visit, 9 we have The Descent, 8 we have The Babadook, Oh, that's terrible. Seven, we have The Conjuring 2. Six, we have another terrible film, It Follows. Five, Paranormal Activity. Four, Hereditary, which I will not watch. It just looks really stupid. Three, The Conjuring. Two, Insidious. And the scariest horror movie, according to their study, Sinister. So, my future friends, I have this question for you. Uh, what, if any of those, uh, are you on your scary films list? And actually, what do you think the scariest film is, in your opinion? My future friends, come coming to us from TV Line, a Willow sequel series is getting the green light at Disney Plus with Warwick Davis set to reprise the title role. John M. Chu, who uh, is behind Crazy Rich Asians, will executive produce this, and the showrunners will be Jonathan Kasdan, who is behind Solo, and Wendy Marisol, I think? I don't know how you say that name, but uh, she's behind one of the people behind Arrow. So yeah, it looks like this is going forward with the main actor from the movie. So there we go. Maybe good? Who knows? And finally, in the news, before I go looking for new stories that just broke today, we have a story from Cinema Blend about the forthcoming Wicked movie having a major setback. Apparently, Universal wanted to move forward with production at a pace that was uncomfortable for the director who is, what's this guy's name? Stephen Daldry. He felt uncomfortable with the pace, and so they split ways. And another rumor is that the movie's no longer going to be filmed in the United Kingdom, which was a big deal for Stephen Daldry. So he split ways, and they are currently looking for another director who they hope will work at their pace. But let's just hope that someone at Universal realizes that rushing a film is never a good way to get a good result. My future friends, this next story comes to us from Slash Films. If you have young children, good news. There is another Frozen prequel short film coming to Disney Plus this month called Once Upon a Snowman. There's already a trailer out for it. And it's about Olaf's beginnings, or as they say, find out Olaf's unlikely beginnings in this Frozen prequel short. I thought we knew his beginnings. We we saw him get made. So this, this short film, if it doesn't take place between the time Elsa makes him and then he meets Anna, it is stupid and not thought out. And finally, my future friends in the news, we have some interesting news about a new Netflix movie they're working on called Day Shift. This movie will star Jamie Foxx as a San Fernando Valley pole cleaner by day who moonlights as a vampire hunter by night. This will be directed by John Wick stunt coordinator J.J. Perry. So at least the action will be good. And yes, my future friends, that is it for the news. Let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio, which, remember, has a brand new episode right now. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. 
Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, my future friends, welcome back to the show. It is time for everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. Hi there, friends. Let us start with a movie called Nine Days. This doesn't have a set release date quite yet, as it's still hitting the film festival festival circuit, which I didn't know was still going. And this is the feature-length directorial debut for director Edson Oda. And this film stars Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, Benedict Wong, Ariana Ortiz, Tony Hale, and Bill Skarsgård. And it's about a reclusive man who conducts a series of interviews with human souls for a chance to be born. And this actually looks really good. It looks like most of it takes place in this house that seems to be in the middle of nowhere. You have this guy played by Winston Duke who's interviewing these people because he he is going to pick someone to be born. The whole process, if they make it through the process, as in don't don't leave of their own choice or I guess get voted out or something. I don't know how that works, but the whole process will last nine days. And at the end of the ninth day, a winner will be chosen. This is a speculative drama uh, bordering on fantasy, and it just looks really good. It just looks really beautiful. And it just, I was impressed. I really want to see this. That is a great cast right there. The only one out of all those people I'm not familiar with is Ariana Ortiz, who has done quite a bit, but a lot of, uh, you know, short roles on TV. Nothing wrong with that, of course. It just doesn't give me, it doesn't give me enough to judge what she might do in the movie. Anyway, I'm excited for this. Check out the trailer. If it sounds interesting at all for you, uh, I can't wait. And when I know a release date, so will you. Next on my future friends, we have a trailer for a film that is coming out digitally and on DVD on November 24th. And it's a film called Buddy Games. This is a, the best way to talk about it is that it's a dude comedy. It's a dude comedy about guys doing stupid shit. And unfortunately, it looks like it's a really good cast. I say unfortunately because it looks really dumb. It looks like the kind of movie I would have loved 10, 15 years ago. That kind of crass, over-the-top, jackass-style humor that just, eh, it's just not doesn't fly right now. And I'm not going to bother looking up who the bigger characters are. I'm just going to tell you everyone who's in it based on their the IMDb list. Uh, in what I know is a small role, Jensen Eccles. We have Olivia Munn, Dax Shepard, Neil McDonald, Josh Dumel, James Roday, Nick Swardson, Kevin Dillon. And look, if some raunchy dude comedy is up your alley, check this out. It looks like a good one, I guess. All right, my future friends, are you ready for something ridiculous? I am. And that movie is called Jiu-Jitsu, and it's coming out in November, I believe. Yep, November 20th this year. It's a film about fighting aliens. There's a certain comet. It passes over Earth every six years. When it does, a portal opens from another world. A fighter comes through, and he chooses people to fight. And if they don't beat him, they die. And he's chosen Jiu-Jitsu as what he likes to fight against. So it's about jujitsu masters who get together to fight this guy led by Nicolas Cage. Uh, the main actors in it, the people you know, are Frank Grillo and Tony Jaa. And it looks stupid. And I, oh man, I kind of want to see it. Just a cheesy, 
super cheesy and over-the-top action film, uh, yeah, why not? Alright, my friends. Next up, we have another trailer for Disney Pixar's Soul. This is the uh, new animated movie that's probably going to make you cry from Pixar about a musician who has lost his passion for music and then dies, I guess. And is transported out of his body. He must find his way back with the help of an infant soul who's currently learning about herself. Uh, This features a way too impressive vocal cast. As many of you know, my stance on getting really famous people to do voices. Uh, It stars or features the voices of Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Alice Braga, Richard Ayoade, Felicia Rashad, Quest Love, Angela Bassett, David Diggs, and Wes Studi. I guess that's not too packed, but still, come on. There are a lot of voice actors out there. This is a this is another trailer. It doesn't show us a lot more, just reminding us that this was going to be a movie that was supposed to come out this year, and now it's coming straight to Disney Plus on Christmas. My future friends, two more trailers left. I think two more. Of course, I do have to look, make sure nothing else came out. But this is, next trailer is for The Christmas Chronicles 2 that is a sequel to that Netflix original movie starring Kurt Russell. This time added to the cast, well, technically part of the last cast, but indeed in this one, it's Goldie Hawn. Also, Julian Dennison is in the cast. Julian Dennison, who you'd know from movies like Deadpool 2 and The Hunt for the Wilder People. And this is about Kate Pierce from the first movie who is reunited with Santa Claus when a mysterious troublemaker threatens to cancel Christmas forever. This comes out on Netflix on November 25th. Because, right? Just, just December. I guess. I guess I get it because it's the day before Thanksgiving, but come on. Christmas, just just wait one one more week for December. And finally, my future friends in the trove, if you have a loved one or a friend or maybe you yourself like to cry good news, sometime soon on a so far unknown release date, we have a movie coming out called All My Life based on a real story. That's always uh, very fun of two people who meet and fall deeply in love, and as they're planning their wedding, the groom is diagnosed with terminal liver cancer. He's not given long to live and is told they will not make it to the summer wedding day they have planned, so they scrape together money with the help of donations from friends and well-wishers and have an early wedding. And I'll tell you this right now. If he lived, this wouldn't be made into a movie movies like things like that aren't turned into movies it's when they die and people in the theater will cry that is what's turned into a movie if this wasn't based on a true story i would have sworn that nicholas sparks's hateful hateful tiny hands were behind this but it actually has some uh, good people in it it has jessica roth from uh happy death day la la land and valley girl and harry shum jr from crazy rich asians and glee So yeah, no set release date for that yet. And there's actually one final trailer I'm going to talk about. A week or two ago, you may remember me talking about the teaser trailer for Monster Hunter and how it didn't look very good. Now we have the full trailer and it looks a lot better. The full trailer shows more of the story because if you remember, I said one of my problems with it was that it looked like it takes place on Earth because Mila Jovovich and all of her people are American soldiers in the Middle East somewhere. But as we learn from this trailer, there's some sort of weird runes on these stones in the middle of the desert, because of course there is. The soldiers are then fleeing from some dust storm that's kicking up, causing lightning. 
lightning strikes the stones, they get transported to another world full of monsters, and thus, how I'm automatically a little more okay with this. This also has Mila Jovovich, Tony Jaa, and T.I. in it, and that's pretty goddamn good. Uh, Ron Perlman apparently is in it too. Yeah, so far I'm down. This is going to be a stupid action movie based on a video game. I'm not betting on this being good. I'm betting on this being fun. Now, my future friends, that is it for the trailers. Let us hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast, who I hope are coming back just like someone nerdy radio. Look, like I've said before, I get it. I get that this is all hard. There are times where I think about quitting just because it, it would make everything so much easier. But I do like it. I do like doing this. And um, I understand. But at the same time, I miss I miss the show. I miss Chris and Sammy. I do. So stay tuned for a word from them. And they'll be right back with the movies. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And we're back with the movies. In fact, let's start with the classic film from way back in the year 1998 when I was a sophomore in high school, I think this came out. I graduated in 2001. Oh, maybe, no, maybe as a freshman in 98. So needless to say, this was past my time. Or, yeah, not not before. It was past my time. But to a lot of people out there, this is a classic. This goes right up there with Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus from 1993, this from 1998, and this with the cast of, let's see, Debbie Reynolds, who you know, you know Debbie Reynolds, but let's just say she's from Singing in the Rain. Kimberly J. Brown from Bringing Down the House. Judith Hogue from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, April O'Neil herself is in this. And Philip Van Dyke, who doesn't do much acting these days, but he was the voice of Hey Arnold on the show, Hey Arnold. This is about three siblings, Marnie, Dylan, and Sophie, who are never allowed to celebrate Halloween. They are never allowed to go out. They never have candy for trick-or-treaters. They must stay in. And guess what? Marnie's sick of it. She's sick of her mother being very unreasonable. Her mother, who in this film looks like Jessica Chastain. But anyway, very sick of this. And then their grandma comes and visit. Their grandma, who comes in on a floating bus and has a bag that follows her all around and seems very witch-like. Well, the children are sent to bed and we learn that their grandmother, Aggie Cromwell, is a witch. Technically, their mother, Gwen, is a witch too, but she has given it up. And Debbie Reynolds' character has come to town because she's like, Look, Marnie, the eldest daughter, if she doesn't cast her first spell by the end of today... She will never become a witch. She will lose her powers. And the mother's like, good, I want her to be normal. I want all of my kids to be normal. Marnie overhears this, and when the grandmother leaves, she follows her. But guess who else follows her? Her two siblings. So they jump on the bus with the grandma, and they are transported to Halloween Town, a town where all of these make-believe creatures live in harmony, but something is going down in Halloween Town. There is an evil spreading its influence throughout the city, 
or the town, and only a Cromwell witch can help. I'm going to be honest. I I went into this hoping I was going to like it, but I also went into this not holding my breath. I went into this expecting some straight-to-Disney Channel movie that was going to be easily ignorable, horribly cheesy, just not well done. But what I saw was a fun family film. It was cheesy. It was predictable. Like, the minute we saw the mayor, I was like, that's a bad guy. And I was right. Nothing in this movie surprised me. Nothing was very innovative, but it was still fun. It was enjoyable. Almost everything was done with practical effects, which means it still holds up to this day. Sure, it's goofy masks and animatronics, but it still looks good. I mean, do you guys remember when Jurassic Park came out and you're like, oh, f- that's a real ass dinosaur up on the screen? You didn't think that. Let's be honest. You didn't think that. But it looked really real. And now if you go back and watch Jurassic Park without it being somehow updated, you're like, wow, that is fake as shit. That is why movies like this do so well in the test of time. Because it was real. It was real makeup. It was real animatronics. It was real masks. Everything was done physically. So there's nothing to look at going, oh, well, that's obviously a green screen. I mean, there were a couple of things that were done with special effects that didn't quite hold up, but not a lot. And also the movie was fun. It was really fun. It was a a movie that I would love to share with my children one day that I think would do very well in a double feature with Hocus Pocus. And Debbie Reynolds is Debbie Reynolds. She's great. She's a legend for a reason. And Debbie Reynolds, God rest her soul, near the end of her career, just kind of played herself in everything she did, but she was good at it. This is a truly great movie for the Halloween season. It is Halloween through and through. It is fun. It is something that Anne and I enjoyed, and we're adults, and it is something I bet you children will still enjoy. And you know what? This this movie just made me happy. It did. It, w- it was fun. If I wanted to, if I wanted to be a huge jerk, if I wanted to be a Halloween Scrooge, I could pick this apart in a million different ways and point out each and every way it's not a good movie. But who wants to do that? Who really wants to sit back and tear something fun apart? Let's be honest. You all know that sometimes I get my jollies tearing into a movie. But those are usually movies like... The Lighthouse, or It Follows, or The Babadook, or some movie that presents itself as art, that goes, look at what I'm doing. I am I am making this wonderfully fantastic movie. And that's not, not what Halloween Town was doing. Halloween Town was just going, hey, a fun family film. That's exactly what this is. At an hour, 24 minutes, it's not too long. It's available on streaming right now through Disney+. Plus. It's a fantastic film for your kids to watch. It may be predictable, it may be cheesy, the kids may not be the best actors, but I liked it. What can I say? Halloween Town gets an 8 out of 11. Alright, my future friends, one more break before the next movie, and that is from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. So please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. 
wall-to-wall filthy fucking language go to a grocery store i'm like i know exactly what i need i get in there i'm like yeah did i even come here for with our charity swear jar every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction the motherfucker's a mouth breather gaming movies life musings it's all here served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of shut the up how the did we get here all that jelly bean so if you want to hear us do good things with bad words check out the watch your mouth podcast on itunes SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, my future friends, welcome back. We're back with the final movie of the week, and that's a Netflix original film, Vampires vs. the Bronx. This is about a group of young friends from the Bronx that fight to save their neighborhood from gentrification and vampires. This stars Jaden Michael from Wonderstruck. Relative newcomers Gerald Jones III and Gregory Diaz IV as the other two main kids. Sarah Gaddon from Letterkenny. We've been talking about her a lot recently. Method Man from How High and, you know, a rapper. Coco Jones from Five Points. Chris Redd, current Saturday Night Live actor. Jeremy Harris from Fargo the TV Show. And Imani Lewis from The 40-Year-Old Version. My friends. We're friends, right? My future friends. That's why I call you. Well, we have another film here that is a lot like Halloween Town in the sense that it's not a technically good film, but it has so much going for it in other ways that it makes up for any shortcomings as far as the art of movie making goes. First off, this is a throwback to an old school monster movie like Dracula, Frankenstein, Curse of the Mummy, all of those. You can tell it is inspired by that because we have the this kid and his friends just three little nerds who start to notice that a lot of the businesses in their in their area in the Bronx are being bought up by this this one company and being turned into super hipster things like natural food markets and coffee shops. Oh, that's right. Uh, and Zoe Saldana is in this in a in a small part. But they start to notice that a lot of their favorite businesses in the area, maybe not even favorite, just a lot of the local flavor is moving away. Not just that, but some of them are actually going missing. But a lot of people write it off going, oh, it's this big real estate company coming in, offering them more money than they can say no to, and they just beat it. They just leave town because guess what? It's the Bronx. It's dangerous. It's not the best area. They now have money. They can go somewhere else. Upper West Side, anyone? No, probably not, but they can get out of the Bronx. But these kids start to notice things. And they find out that, guess what? It's not just some real estate company with a bunch of white people trying to make the area more white. It's vampires. And, of course, they alone have to stop it because no one else believes them, which is a very typical plot point for a horror movie or a even a comedy horror that features kids as the main protagonists because no one believes them. Like, just imagine some kid from your neighborhood runs up to you and go, Hey, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, these people who are coming into our area are vampires, or I just saw a zombie, or there's a werewolf in our town. You wouldn't believe that, kid. So that part of the story is very familiar. But the movie did other things I really liked. Normally when you see the Bronx portrayed in movies, it's usually some sort of hellhole. Full of gangs, full of drugs, full of violence. Full of streets you would never want to walk down. But this movie showed it what what I believe is a little more realistic. And of course, this is me, someone who has never been to any part of New York. So please take what I say here with a grain of salt. But I think the truth of the Bronx is somewhere in the middle. 
The Bronx they show in this movie definitely has gangs. It's not the safest place, but it's home to a lot of these people. These kids aren't walking around needing to wear a bulletproof vest because they might get shot any any moment. No, that's not the case. But hey, they know not to talk to these people driving by in the car. They know there are certain people you don't talk to. They're no, they know there are certain things you don't do. So I think this representation of the Bronx is closer to reality than most movies. Can it be scary and dangerous? Sure. Are you going to automatically get murdered just by existing there? No, probably not. And I think this movie also did well with the characters. We have these three young boys. Miguel, who's just seems like a basic kid, kind of a nerd, but also not a nerd with sarcastic air quotes. We have Bobby, who is starting to run with a tough crowd because he didn't have it have a super easy life. His dad was in a gang and got killed. His family's having a hard. So he's like, oh, hey, this these people here offering me opportunities at, for money and power. Maybe I should go to them. You know, the gang life that killed my dad. Unfortunately, a very real story. And then we have, what's the other kid's name? Luis, who's a straight up nerd. I love that kid. So guess what? We have three kids living in the Bronx and they're not just little thugs. They're real people. The one thing that bothered me about this movie is, is actually something that bothers me about a lot of vampire movies that take place in our world. You know, not some old Dracula movie, but movies that take place in the modern day and you have vampires coming into the area and someone says it and other people are like, vampires, what are they? And you have to, they have to get told the rules. Like, oh, they don't like daylight. Kill them with a stake through the heart. Uh, they don't like anything religious. It's like, who doesn't know that? Really? I bet you, you can go anywhere and find the biggest nerd-hating jock in the world and ask him how to kill a vampire. And even that motherfucker will know. Go to any school and find the mean girls. And I bet you they will know too. It's just something people know. You don't even have to like the stuff. The only interesting thing about the nerd kid teaching the others how to kill vampires is that I never knew. I don't know if this is an actual thing or if it was invented just for the movie, but I didn't know that the Eucharist, putting the Eucharist in the mouth of a vampire will kill them. You know, the body of Christ. When you take communion, you drink the wine or the grape juice. That's the blood of Christ. And you take the little cracker or the bread, depending on your church, which is the Eucharist, a.k.a. the body of Christ. So I didn't know that putting the Eucharist in the mouth of a vampire will kill it, but it makes a lot of sense. Also, I didn't know, and again, I don't know if it's something the movie invented or if it was already a thing, I didn't know that holy water boils around vampires. Follow-up question, can you make tea with that? <laughs> like, Sookie from True Blood is just at home one day going, Bill, come come over here, Come get, just get close to this cup, I need to make some tea. And he's like, Sookie, I'm a piece of shit. I was the wrong choice. And we're like, yeah, we know. Bill's a piece of crap. Eric's the best. We knew this. But back to Vampires versus the Bronx, it was really well done. As just a fun comedy horror. It was well done because it, it kept the spirit of old monster films. Do you remember, maybe it, like it was a holiday or you were sick from school and you're just watching TV during the day and some horror movie you never knew came on or you've never seen before came on. And you just really enjoyed it because you knew what to expect. You know those you know those type of movies. This is that same type of movie. Just like with Halloween Town, I can pick this apart in many, many different ways. I can nitpick it like some sort of heartless, rotten tomato asshole. But I'm not going to because it's fun. Because this isn't the type of movie that asks you 
to tear it apart. This is the type of film that just asks you to sit back and enjoy. Listen, not everyone is going to like these both of these films. If you don't like it, that's fine. Maybe it's just not for you. But give them a try, because they're fun. Vampires vs. the Bronx may have been goofy. It may have been downright silly at times. It may have been predictable. It may not have had the best acting in it. But I had a good time watching it. If you want to sit back and watch a fun horror comedy, Vampires vs. the Bronx also gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, that's it for the movies. Wow, this has been a short episode, hasn't it? Look at that, 36 minutes before editing. I think also that has a lot to do that not a lot came out in the news this week, and uh, I didn't see a lot of new trailers. Uh, Once again, as always, let me know if I missed something. I'm recording this episode on the 20th, and by this time in the week, any new trailers have usually dropped. So if I missed something or some news you think I should talk about, let me know. But for now, my future friends, let's take a quick break before we get back to the question of the week and talk about the movies for next week. So please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're we're doing doing fine. Welcome back to the show, my future friends. It is time for the question of the week. And that question, if you don't remember, was which horror movie would you like to get the reboot treatment? Uh, The example I used was the Halloween reboot, where it kept the first movie, retconned all the others out of existence. So in the current accepted Halloween canon, it's just Halloween, the original, and Halloween from 2016, 18, somewhere around there. Well, the first answer we have comes from inside this very house, and that comes from my wife, Anne, who says, wrong term. Turn. Wrong Turn is a horror from 2003 starring Eliza Dushku, Emmanuel Triqui, Jeremy Sisto, and it's about Chris and a group of five friends who are left stranded deep in the middle of the woods after their cars collide. As they venture deeper into the woods, they face an uncertain and blood-curdling fate, and that fate is that they caught the attention of some cannibals, of some gross freak show-style inbred cannibals who want to kill them and eat them. I personally have only ever seen the first wrong turn. Uh, My wife has seen them all and she says the first one is the best and actually dislikes some of the sequels severely. So I think she would very much like a reboot of wrong turn where they do wrong turn two and just start over. And as for me, this one's tough. And I think my answer is 100% influenced by the fact that For this show, we've already watched the Child's Play remake, and I had such strong feelings against it, because my answer is going to be Child's Play. Because Child's Play got really goofy. Just like Nightmare on Elm Street eventually got really goofy, but Freddy was always one of those characters. Freddy was always the character that had a little bit of humor. It was sick humor, maybe, and it wasn't laugh-out-loud funny in the first two, but... He was never a super serious villain, even though in the first one, second one, and New Nightmare were a little more serious movies. He himself always had this tongue-in-cheek feel to him. While for some weird reason, Child's Play, it seemed to try and want to take itself seriously at first. 
And it wasn't until later that it got really silly. And it kind of adopted that silly feeling and went, you know, we're just going to run with this. And I think that's why it was such a popular series. That's why I would like to see a Halloween style reboot for Child's Play because you can still keep and enjoy the other Child's Play movies. But then we can do a Child's Play 2 or maybe even 3, maybe keep 2. I don't know. But have it take place later, have it be a little more serious tone, and you could still go back and still visit the older movies and still love them or just enjoy them. Like Anne and I could still go back and we watch the two Jamie movies in the Halloween series. We watch Halloween 3, even though it's ridiculous and not part of the series. We'll even watch Halloween H2O, Resurrection, all those, even though they're not in canon because we enjoy them. Because just because they reboot the series doesn't necessarily mean that you can't watch it anymore. It doesn't mean that at all. So you can still watch Bride of Chucky and all the other Chucky movies and go, yeah, these are still fun. But then we can have this rebooted canon as well. It's time to talk about next week, and I want to tell you right now, don't plan on an episode. Uh, I think I'm going to just take the week off and enjoy horror movies with my wife. I think we're going to read quite a bit of, you know, scary books, even though a book has never really scared me, but I have a nice TBR put together, which you can see if you follow my bookstagram account, Reading Rainbill. Mind you, I'm not going to read every one of those books, but that's the, that's the hope, is to read few of the books on that list. The idea to not do an episode is 100% mine and actually had an idea for a Halloween special that I never followed through on, all my fault. And since Somewhat Nerdy Radio has a has a great Halloween special already out, you could just listen to that one. Yay, do that. If I do think of something really cool or I'm inspired to, I will release an episode, but right now do not hold your breath and I will see you in November. When we do come back, uh, the only movie I know for sure is on the list is The Trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix. So the other movie will be a surprise. Or if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, I will will share it there. Twitter, at BilliamSWN. Same on Instagram, at BilliamSWN. Please follow my bookstagram account, Reading Rainbill, though I do keep that separate from the show, because I want my bookstagram account to be just about books. So for now, my future friends, let's think of a question for next week. And here it is. We're getting into the holiday season. Uh, Some people think it starts with Halloween, though it's not a national holiday. And we have October, November, December, all with big holidays in them. So here's a question for you. Which holiday that's not one of the big ones? So not Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Let's also add New Year's and um, Fourth of July to that list. Which non-major holiday would you like to see a movie about? And you could take this... In a funny way, and pick some super random holiday and go, oh, and it'll star uh, Chelsea Peretti and Jim Gaffigan. I, I, I don't know, but you can take this as seriously or as jokingly as you want. So, once again, to reiterate, which non-major holiday would you like to see a movie based on? Bonus points if you tell me the premise and who's in it. So without further ado, my future friends, thank you, as always, for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I do. I know my numbers right now haven't been as good as they have been when COVID's not going, but for all of you sticking around or maybe who have found me during COVID and like what you hear, uh, thank you so much. I can't say this enough. I can't express this enough that I do appreciate you. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. You know, go, hey, friend, listen to this great show. But anyway, without further ado, here we go into the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app 
as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also share the podcast, share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.